Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God who has not forsaken us. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Call us out of darkness into your marvelous light, Lord. And so we give you praise. We give you praise for so great salvation. We who are no people are now children of the living God, kings and priests. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for making us your children. Sons and daughters of the living God. We are part of your family. Family in heaven, the family on earth through Jesus Christ. We give you honor, we give you glory in the name of the Lord Jesus. I thank you for the gathering of the saints that is not unto man, but unto God. And so, Lord, we give you praise, we give you thanks in the name of Jesus for this day you have made. A day of glory, a day of victory, a day of power in the name of the Lord Jesus. I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, that you open our hearts and understanding to your word. I pray that the word of the Lord will transform us into the very image of your son, Jesus, and therefore the image of God. I pray that gates of brass will be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that there will be open doors for the people of God in Jesus' mighty name. Stretch your hands, Lord. Heal the sick. Deliver the oppressed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the name of the Lord be magnified. Let the name of the Lord be glorified. Let the name of the Lord be worshipped and adored. As people behold us, behold your people and say, see what the Lord has done for them. I pray for a new beginning. I pray for a new start. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you quicken your people by your spirit, by your word, in the name of Jesus, to walk in the victory of the cross of Christ. That, Lord, you may be glorified. That, Lord, you may be magnified. That people will say, these are those whom God has blessed. And through us, our light that shines so brightly in this world, people will come to Christ. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, we also thank you for bringing us together, making it possible in these times of worldwide challenges that we can come together as your people in the sanctuary, in church, in this building, to praise you, to worship you, to adore you, and to fellowship together. For our fellowship is with God and with our Lord Jesus. And through him, one with another. We thank you for this. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Yes. Let's give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Praise God. A thanksgiving clap offering. Hallelujah. Are you grateful to God to be alive? Praise the Lord. Grateful to be in the house of the Lord. I know you are at the church. Wherever you are, you are at the church. You worship God. But I tell you, it's good to be together. <laughs> How good and pleasant it is.
for brethren to dwell together in unity, in love, are wonderful that we don't forsake the assembling together of ourselves. But yes, 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 we can come together. Praise the Lord. It was a joy to see uh, many more of you today in the sanctuary. Of course, we have began in-person services. Um, even though you're still maxed, I think I can make you all out. <laughs> Praise God. We've been together long enough. I, I recognize you. Zoro impressions. Amen. Was that Zoro who used to have a mask? Yeah? Okay. Praise God. All right. Glory to God. Amen. To God be glory. Praise. Obviously, I'm the speaker, so I don't have a mask on. I wear my mask after. Amen. All right. So, am I good to go? All right. Good to see you all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is that Reverend Janice? Hey, glory to God, the one of God. God bless you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We'll receive your administration next week, right? Next Sunday, I believe. Praise God. I can't wait. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's just appreciate the woman of God. God's been using her to impact our lives. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Throughout the pandemic, yes, we received the ministry on Facebook, YouTube, on the phone as well. Praise God. I think a couple of times I actually caught you in church. I, I came to church, yeah. It's been wonderful. God bless you. Praise God. God's good. Amen. Well, missions, ministries, members and partners, you are just, you're the best. Praise God. I thank God for your lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Friday nights, you know, Pastor Sandra and uh, your team, you keep it going. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Mr. Saska was here last Sunday. I got to talk to him. Uh, and I think, yes, yes, uh, Minister Helen was also here last Sunday. Amen. So you guys are doing a wonderful job on Fridays. And uh, Pastor Meg with the, team, the prayer team on Tuesdays. It's just really wonderful uh, that God has kept us and, and kept, kept uh, the ministry going. I learned something from uh, T.D. Jakes. He said God called him to preach. So, uh, pandemic or not, uh, he just kept preaching. You know, you just do what God called you to do. You figure out a way for the sheep to hear your voice. Amen. And I'm grateful to God that. He helped us through it all to continue to do this. Even Wednesday nights, Bible teaching, uh, Reverend Rosemary just does a wonderful, wonderful job. It's just really great, and, and I thank God for what he's been doing. I got, I think, maybe a month or so to teach on Wednesdays, and I'll be back to teach on wisdom. I taught a little bit, I think, for a month on wisdom, and that's a lot more, uh, so I'll be back shortly to teach wisdom this summer, Wednesday nights. But praise God, we're together today. Hallelujah. And title of today's message, uh, I, didn't, I didn't plan it because of today. It just, it, it just happened. And I thank God for it. Start over with the Holy Spirit. Start over with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
So it feels like really today is a starting over after uh, a lot of us were just away from this building. Uh, obviously, people have been trickling in, but uh, this is the most recent seen since as the lockdown and all that. So I'm, I'm grateful to God that it's just the title of the message fits into today. It's a start over. Amen. So may the new things that God has in store for you come to pass. Praise God. Amen. I'll just read this prophecy uh, from Isaiah. 43, and then I'll also read out some prophecies to you that uh, the Lord God has been ministering to me, uh, for those of you who follow me on uh, Facebook, I'm sure you've gotten a clue into certain special things the Lord's been doing for us. Particularly this week, this week, praise God. So, I want to read this to you from Isaiah 43 and verse 19. Isaiah 43 and verse 19. Thank you, Jesus. So, let's just go to Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. So at the time God spoke through the prophet Isaiah, spoke this through the prophet Isaiah, it was a prophecy. It's talking, it's talking about something that was coming. Well, it has come. Amen. It has come. The day or a new beginning has come. It came through Jesus Christ. The Bible is an unfolding of God's plan of redemption for mankind through Jesus. So it starts from Genesis, and God begins to build it up, reveal, unfold, and finally the full revelation comes when Jesus physically comes on the earth. That is when he was born uh, by the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem, obviously grew up and began his public ministry at the age of 30, was crucified on 33. He was raised from the dead for our justification. So, the Bible is God's plan of redemption, the redemption of mankind, to redeem us from sin, all the effects of sin, redeem us from shame, redeem us from Satan, to help you to start over. Amen. To start over through Jesus Christ. Is anybody even Christ? New creation. Praise the Lord. The old is gone, the new has come. This is the new thing that Isaiah was prophesying. And it came through Jesus Christ. Amen. The day of salvation has already come. Right now is the acceptable time. Praise God. But in addition to being born again, to having the new experience new birth, to becoming a new creation, there are also new things that God will do, develop, and bring into your life. For example, in Christ, 
we go from glory to glory. So if you have this level of glory, and you go to from glory to glory, and that next glory is a new place, is a new thing. Amen. So in Christ, we go from glory to glory. God gives you grace upon grace. And any new grace that comes is a new place. It's a new thing God is doing. Praise God. So every day of your life, even if you're already born again, right, and you have that new creation that's already started, every day of your life, you can have new mercies from God. Do you see that? You can have new mercies from God. And you should expect that. God will do new things. So let me complete uh, the reading of Isaiah 43 and verse 40, excuse me, verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. So every day something new will start. Every day. <laughs> every day. Praise God. Yeah. Let, let it register in your spirit every day. His mercies are new every morning. Every day. When the disciples were walking with Jesus here on earth, I mean, just when you read through the Bible, every day there was something new. Every day, walking with Jesus, every day there was something new. Sometimes it's hard for the human mind to accept some of these things in the Bible. And, and people really only tend to accept it when they see it happening. So I'm giving you an example so you can relate to it. When the disciples were walking with Jesus, there were new things happening every day. And it's depending on your personality, right, in the group, in the disciples, depending on your personality, I can, I can see some being more curious than others. I can see some uh, being like very expressive when something happens. You know, like Peter talked a lot of the time before he would think, you know, and I got in trouble sometimes. But, you know, these are just regular folk like us walking with him. And you start a day, if I'm with, I'm with Jesus, you start a day, I'm wondering, man, what's, what's going to happen today? Because you just never know. They're going down the street and, you know, a noble man's son is dead. Just all of a sudden. And the person is you know, asking Jesus for help. So you're with Jesus. You're like, okay, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? You just never know what's going to come up. Every day something new happened. So what I'm telling you about has already happened before. It happened to followers of Jesus. It happened with disciples of Jesus. Every day as they were with him, something new happened. I'm telling you, God will do something new for you every day. It will spring up. Praise God. That suggests that sudden, suddenly, it will spring up. Amen. It will spring up. By faith, you are expecting it. But when it springs up, at the moment that it will spring up, it will surprise you. Praise God. Be ready for that. Sometimes you're driving. It's just, or you're ironing. Something mundane. Or doing the dishes. 
and God will drop a revelation into your spirit. You were not expecting that. Boom. Yes. When Paul talked about being caught up into heaven, nobody announced to him, prepped him up. Oh, okay, get ready. It's going to happen today. No. God, whatever it was he was doing, he's just living his life. Then, boom, he's caught up to heaven. I mean, that, that's, that is awesome. Amen. And you have those examples sprinkled through our scriptures. Obviously, God did it for individuals. But God was also recording these examples for us. To comfort us. To give us hope. Are you with me? Why were the scriptures written? Let me just show that to you. Romans 15. Just build this up. Romans 15. Woo, hallelujah. So we're answering this question. Why, why were the scriptures written, right? Romans 15, 4. Praise God. Uh, you, you have to help me. We have to figure this thing out. I'm going to I'm going to need my screen up front. We're going to figure this thing out. So we can have the scriptures that can flow quickly, easier. But look at, look at uh, Romans 15.4. This is just giving us one of the reasons why the scriptures were, were recorded. Romans 15.4. For whatsoever things were written. Right? Why was the Bible written? Whatsoever things were written before time, in the past, were written. Why were they written? For our learning. So you can learn something from it. That we, through patience and comfort of what? The scriptures, right? Of what is written, might have what? Hope. Amen. So, for example, going back to the context of what I was telling you, when God just suddenly caught Philip, excuse me, well, yeah, Philip too, but I'm talking about Paul, caught, and Paul's just doing his thing, living his life, doing regular mundane things, then all of a sudden, boom, he's in the spirit, and he's taken to heaven, and he sees things, and he hears words that they're not even words on earth to express what he's seen. I mean, that. That's just amazing. And that's written there. It happened to Paul. Philip. My spirit is just excited about it. So that came even before I thought of saying it. Philip is, is living his life. He's over here in Samaria preaching. He's preaching. God's healing people. God is saving people. Baptizing them. Baptizing them with the Holy Spirit, delivering people. Just an awesome, awesome time of revival. That news went to Jerusalem, and the, the, the elders there, the senior apostles, heard what God was doing through Philip. So they dispatched other ministers to go and check it out. And when they came, they found out indeed it was true that through the preaching of the name of Jesus, Things about the kingdom of God, demons were cast out of people. Somebody who had been bound all their life, all of a sudden, boom, they're free. They have a new start. 
Amen. They were bound by witchcraft. This was a city where witchcraft, put, put, put in different words today, like voodoo, witchcraft, white magic, black magic, whatever it was, you know, bound the people. It says everybody, from rich and poor, great and small, from Congress, White House, Congress, <laughs> you know, Supreme Court, they were all bound by the demon of witch, witchcraft through one person. Satan was working through one person, Simon the Sorcerer, and had them under his control. And God sent just one person, you. Amen. And gave that entire city a start over. Through the preaching of the kingdom of God and the things about the name of Jesus. Philip is preaching. It's awesome. So anyway, the, the elders and the apostles said, ministers, they confirmed that it's indeed true. There's joy in the city. And when they came, they prayed for them to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Power came upon the people. And when Simon the sorcerer, who would use witchcraft to control everybody, saw this, that through the laying on of hands, you know, sometimes in ministry we have to put our hands on you. Amen. Praise God. So there'll be times in the service I need to put my hands on you. Amen. Sometimes. Lay hands. Because God said so. There are times you just receive through the preaching and teaching of the word, but the other times that sudden impartations come through the laying of hands. Anyway, they laid hands on them and they were baptized of the Holy Spirit. And when Simon the sorcerer saw that through the laying on of hands. See, I think about it. When he saw that through the laying of hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He was like, give me this power also. Give me this power. So that on whomsoever I lay hands, they may receive this. Mind you, people have been saved from witchcraft, from sin. People have been delivered. Demons were cast out of them. There were many miracles. There's joy in this place. Simon the sorcerer has not yet reacted. He's observing. And then something else happens. The apostles send people. They come. They lay hands on the people and they receive power. And the moment that happened, Simon the sorcerer says, Oh, I want this. The level is so high, he's like, okay, this I don't have. You know, I have been able to conjure spirits and do exorcisms. So, yeah, demons, Philip cast demons, ah, yeah, I can handle that too, you know. But this thing, the release of rivers of living water, the power of God Almighty from the hands of a person? No, 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 no. Give me this power. So that after you all leave, after all the apostles go back, because you know, this is not your town. You, you don't live here. You don't go back to Jerusalem wherever you came from. I have the power in my hands and I can still control the people. See, his, his, his mind has not been renewed yet. Simon got born again. 
a wizard got born again, but his mind has not been transformed. So he needed a renewal of his mind. He needed to start over in the area of not wanting to dominate people. He needed to start over. And maybe you need to start over. Maybe you were born again. All right, just like Simon got born again. But there's still this thing from the past of you trying to dominate people. And you need to start over. You need to start over. Experience humility. So that you're free from not only the desire to dominate people, but how... Your life gets so restless and you're so anxious and so unhappy when you can't dominate people. Because some people are going to fight back. And when they fight back and you can't get your way, you're not yourself. You're not happy. Satan is still controlling you though you're born again. I hope you're seeing this. You're understanding this. Yeah. So you need to start over. This message about starting over is not just only about being born again. But after we are born again, there are many areas that daily the Lord will say, you need to walk in the spirit in this area and not in the flesh. You need to be washed by the water of the word in this area of your life because there's still some dirt here. Come on, people. Are you, are you seeing this? Yeah. God has sprinkled these examples in the Bible to show us this. That every day you do something new in your life. Let me finish this. Add to it. So Philip is in the middle of this revival. And then God says to Philip, watch this. This is something. God is amazing. God says to Philip, I want you to leave all that's going on here in this revival. There are senior ministers who have come from Jerusalem. They handle, they'll do the follow-up. Because people have to be followed up, you know. How to be establishing the faith, so on and so forth. Disciples. I want you to leave and go to the Gaza Strip, which was desert. Now, does that even make sense? You are with a lot of people that you're ministering to. God's moving mightily. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit says to you, by the way, this is recorded in Acts chapter 8. The Spirit says to you, go to the Gaza Strip, Gaza Desert. Because Philip knew that was the voice of God, he went there. And he gets there and he sees a chariot going by. And the Spirit of the Lord says to him, go and join yourself to that chariot. So he begins to run. And, and they stop. He gets there. And the man is reading. He's an African. He's reading from Isaiah chapter 53. He has a scroll of Isaiah. The man served a queen, Candace of the Ethiopians at the time. And obviously that's wealth, so they're able to, I don't know how they did it back then, but somehow either purchased it, but they got a copy of the scroll of Isaiah. You know people still sell scrolls still today. They still sell scrolls. When sometimes they discover some scroll from, like an Asian scroll, it's, it's, it's a market. People sell them. They're collectors. And whoever collects it gives it a name. If it's uh, a denomination, they, they call it by the, that scroll by the denomination's name. 
the collector's name or where it was found. Um, some of those scrolls are bound, have already been bound up into books. They are called codex. Codex. One was found on Mount Sinai, so it's called uh, the Codex of Sinai. Sinaiticus. Codex of Sinai. Anyway, so the, you know, I just said all that to prove that it was. A, it's not strange that these Africans had a copy of a scroll because if you were a person of influence, you have money, you could you could have one. Uh, like today, you make a photocopy. Right, make a copy for me. Yeah, so you can get a scribe to make a copy of it for you. So it's not a strange thing. But he's reading Isaiah, and think about this. He has come to Jerusalem, the center of worship, for a feast. Returning to Africa, and his heart is still hungry for God. He's not born again. And God, in the middle of the desert, gives him a new star. Come on, people. He has come to Jerusalem. That's the center of worship. It's like, forgive me for giving this example, so, but you get a picture, so you can get a picture. It's like you go to Rome. Right? You go to Rome, and the Pope has this big function, and you're there. I mean, it's a big deal for people. Like you see it on TV there. Thousands of people. It's a big deal. But you can go to that event and still leave hungry for God. Empty in your spirit. It happens to a lot of people. So until you're born again, there's a heart hunger in the human being for God. And what we do as humans is that we try to fill it. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when we're in the world, we try to fill it with whatever. You know, because there's this hunger for, to connect with the one who made you, who created you. The Bible says God has set eternity in the hearts of men. When you read history, people have always wanted to live forever. And especially those who were wealthy or they were kings, they figured out ways to try to help them live an immortal life. So they came up with ideas like, okay, um, well, do whatever you do with the dead body and then kill all these other people to go bury them with me so they can go serve that king, you know, when they die. All kinds of craziness. Why? Because in the heart of man, man knows this, that even when you die physically on earth, that's not the end. We know this. Because in natural fact, we were not made to die. We were made to live forever. Death is an enemy. Do you know that? First Corinthians 15. Somebody check it out for me and, and just shout out the verse so I can continue. First Corinthians 15, maybe verse 25 thereabouts. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. I just confirm it. So death, uh, death is an enemy. 26, thank you. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So death is not your friend. Hello? Death is not your friend. Don't welcome it. When it comes knocking, don't say, eh. no, it's an enemy. Resist it, oppose it in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen? 
It's a real thing. It's not just an event, something that happens. It is a spirit. Revelation 6, right? I know we're back in church. I'm looking at you like, tell me. <laughs> Amen. So if you're like, yeah, what I was home, Pastor was not looking at me for that reference. Now you're here. Revelation 6, death, death is a personality. It's a spirit. It rides on a horse. Maybe Revelation 6, verse 4, somewhere there. Death and hell. There are spirits. There are personalities. And death and hell followed. Did you find it? Revelation 6. Alright, so death is a personality. And sometimes, he's teaching, sometimes it comes knocking by whispering to you, talking to you. And you have to tell it to be mute. Amen. Right, so anybody found the verse where death is actually like riding a horse? Verse 8. Just give me a moment. Let me, let me look at it. Minister this to you. Revelation 6. He said verse 8, right? Thank you. And I looked and behold, a pale horse. Uh, complete this for me. Uh, from the English language, as pale as death. You don't say that in America? Really? Wow. Okay. Well, take it from me then. Right. The English say that. As pale as death. Right. So when somebody gets pale, People, oh, you say ghost, all right. Okay. okay. So people say, like, they are near death's door. Okay. So I looked and behold a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death. So death is a spirit. It's not just an event, it is a spirit. The last, you just read it. From, or told me from 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So death is a demon. It's an evil spirit. It's a personality that will be destroyed. Not just something that happens. And so it's a pale horse and the name, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell, watch this. Hell is also not just a place and hell followed with him. Followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. To give you an example, for example, I'm not saying this, that I have a revelation from God, but I'm just using what I'm about to say. I'm using this scripture to illustrate something. To open your understanding to something. The coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic, for example, for example, could be the spirit of death riding into our world on this horse with the spirit of hell following, trying to kill as many people as they can kill 
and hell swallows them up before they have the opportunity to get born again. Okay, go back, go back, look at the verse. Look at what they're doing. Death and hell, they are riding into town. Anybody ever watch Western, Westerners, you know, Clint Eastwood, they ride into town, shoot up the whole town? Okay, so just picture that. They ride into town, and power is given unto them over one-fourth, a fourth part of the earth, to do what? To kill. But they're killing how? They're killing with a sword. That's war. Violence. Today, uh, in America, for example, death kills a lot of people with through what? In terms of violent things. Through what? Guns. Right? Are, are you following this? Okay. So they were killing with a sword and with hunger. So they use famine. You see that? So people are living their lives and then all of a sudden there's famine. There's famine, there's a hell. And the world leaders think, okay, what are we going to do about it? Everybody just sees the famine. But nobody thinks about the spirit behind it. There was a time, maybe two, three years ago, there's a lot of stabbings in London. Youth stabbing one another. Just stabbing. Just, they don't kill with guns, they don't kill with stabbing. So, the authorities try to figure out what to do. Yes, always do that. But as born again believers, we know from the scriptures that there's a spirit that has come. And you should not give it room. Come on, people. I, don't, I want to just preach something. I want you to learn so you can use it when you see that there's a spirit that's trying to come. Are you with me? And then it, it, it killed with death. Death killed with death. Death killed with coronavirus. And death killed with the beast of the earth. Now some animals are biting. Ah, do you remember? Forgot when, but there was a time there was a lot of Lyme disease in America. Do you remember? And, our, and parents were told to tell our children, be careful when you go play in the grass, go play on the lawn and all that. Remember? Lyme disease. Enemy trying to kill with animals. But most of the time, the mistake humans make is we focus on the natural. And nobody sees that Clint Eastwood is right into town. So forgive me. It's not Clint Yes, forgive me, sir. I mean, the spirit of death. Writing in. God's given people an opportunity to live free of hunger or famine. And the enemy's trying to bring that back in. We have to stop it. God's given people an opportunity to live free of violence, terrorism. And the enemy's trying to bring it. Learning something today. All these examples of God has sprinkled through our scriptures. God is buying, telling us this. I want you to have hope. I've done it before. Do it again. So let me complete the picture of Philip in the revival. Sent to the Gaza desert. He's there. He sees the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch is reading from Isaiah. And he says, do you understand? Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, 
And it's interesting when you read it in Acts 8, the Ethiopian eunuch tells Philip, he says, listen, he says that, I cannot understand it unless some man explains it to me. So stay with me. He's going through his reading, returning from Jerusalem. His heart is still empty. He still needs God. And as he's reading, he's like, man, what does this mean? Is this prophet talking about himself or about someone else? His spirit is beginning to get a little bit of some light. Like, oh, wait a minute. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of a dry ground. When we behold him, there's no beauty in him that we should even want him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. And you're like, really? For me? But who was it? Was it is that the writer or I think he's right talking about somebody else. And you're like, man, I wish somebody would explain this thing to me. And boom, something new happens that you've never seen before. There's this guy in the middle of the desert running to you. Now, isn't that God saying, I heard your cry, I see your need, and I've come to meet you in the desert. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know where you are in your own life, but I've come today to tell you that in that desert place, God will visit you. Amen. I mean, I can see this man's regret. Like He's like, man, I'm, I am in Jerusalem, the center of religion, and there was nobody to explain this to me. I'm going back home to Africa. Oh, oh what am I going to do? What does this mean? And God gives him new experience. Philip appears and Philip explains to him. And to make it easy for him and to make sure that the man does not feel like something strange, when he studied, it says in Acts 8, and Philip began at the same scripture that was bothering the man. And you got to learn this when you're evangelizing. Don't use the words we use in church on the street. The guy on the street does not understand those words, you know, sanctification. Sanctuary. Just say clean, you know. That's gonna, that's gonna wash you. Just wash you with water. Yeah, I can, I can understand. I got another shower. I can, I get that. You, amen. You know, I get another. I have a bath. I, I'm start. I'm clean. I get that. You understand? Do you understand me? Yeah, I'm clean. I, you know, I start my day. I wash and I go about my day. Just, just say that. It's just amen. So it says, Philip began at that same scripture and explained to him about Jesus. That, oh yes, this prophet, Isaiah 53, was not talking about himself. He was talking about Jesus. So you were right in what you sense in your heart that he was wounded for your transgressions. Yes, 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 you were right. That was Christ. Amen. And the man believed. He just believed. He, he's eager. He's curious. He wants to know God. His heart is crying out for God. So the moment it was explained to him, he, he said, I believe. And then he asked Philip. So you can tell he has studied the scriptures. He's familiar with some things. You know. He asked Philip. He said to Philip, okay, what prevents me from being baptized? He's, he's gone way ahead of Philip. 
You understand? Philip explained the scripture to him that indeed it's Jesus. He came to redeem. He came to save. He came to give you a new start. And now you have a new experience with God that in the, in the desert, God will provide. Ladies and gentlemen, that man, in his walk with God, believe me, he's never going to come to a place in his life where there's dryness and emptiness and he is confused and he's worried and he's anxious and he's demoralized. It never happened to him because he's experienced God in the desert. Amen. And, and furthermore, after Philip, so anyway, he, Philip baptized, he says, then they find water. Oh my God. <laughs> they find water in the desert. Because it, it was uh, the, the eunuch tells, Ethiopian eunuch tells Philip, he says, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? In water. Philip was not talking about water baptism. The man jumps from, I'm born again now, baptize me in water before I go to, go to Africa. There's water. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. There's water. I mean, just, just like that. Yes, he will give you a new beginning. He will do something new for you. It will spring up. Yes, it will spring up. You'll find an oasis in your desert. I'm telling you, it will spring up. Lord, how am I going to pay for how's how's this child going to finish college? How's, what am I going to do? This child's father just ran out on us. Lord, what are we going to find the money? Oh God, it's over for my child. No, it's not over. Do you remember that your God sees you? There's a woman who with a child all alone, also in the desert like that, looking at the child says, "We don't have water. My child's going to." Hagar is the person I'm talking about. And she's crying, bawling. And then God, through her tears, opens her eyes and she sees an oasis. Where'd that come from? I will do a new thing, it will spring up. I mean, one moment she's crying. I'm in a desert, there's no water. And the next moment there's an oasis, it just springs up. Only God. Only God. Only God. One of the miracles that I personally like in the Bible, there's so many that I love, but one of the miracles that I personally like in the Bible is, this is one time when the disciples were um, on a boat, and most of you know, you know, he was, he was asleep in the boat. You know that one. That's the other one I'm talking about. This, this other one, though, you know, there's a storm and all that. Jesus appears, joins them on the boat. This gentleman says, the Bible says, he joins them on the boat, and instantly they were at the shore. How, how, how does that happen? It defies the laws of physics. I mean, you can't, you're in a storm, the boat is just being blown apart. Jesus appears. He says, fear not. Guys, calm, calm down. It is well. Amen. I don't know about you. Has anybody tried to calm you down? You're going through something, tells you it's well, and forgive me, but at the back of your mind, you're a little angry at them. You know, you're, you're like, you're making it too easy. You felt it too. Thank you. I used to think I was the only one. Because, you know, 
you always want to like, you know, let everybody know you got all this faith, right? But sometimes you're like, eh. Anyway. Praise God. May he provide an oasis for you. It was Springer. It was Springer. God says to him, your child will not die. It's not over. God opens her eyes and she sees her noise. And you know what she said? She says, Thou God sees me. Thou God sees me. Like, God, me? You mean you care about me? Single mother? I'm out on my luck. There's nothing. I can't take care of this child. The child's going to die. I don't want, want to watch my child die, so I'm going to turn away. You know? It's like people going through challenges. And because they don't want the, the children, their family to see their challenges, they stop loving them. Because that's, that's how the child's going to feel. Right? The child's crying. The child needs the mother. The mother says, I don't want, the, I don't want to watch my child die. So you turn away from your child. Well, your child does not know that what you are thinking. And they are too young to process what you are thinking. So all the child feels is like abandoned. Come on, people. You understand? I mean, I know we go through our own stuff. But you have to let your loved ones know, no matter what, I'm here for you. I will not abandon you. Did I help you? Yeah. We'll get through this. Sometimes I get scared, and I'm not supposed to be afraid, but I may be afraid just like you, but, you know, God's with us. He will help us. That child needs that assurance from you. That family member needs that assurance from you. Amen. How are we going to pay this bill? How are we going to pay this month's mortgage? And this is the second month or the third month. Whatever. Don't just turn away from that loved one. It's okay to express what you're also feeling, but give them the assurance that, hey, you know what? We trust God. We got into this together, and by the grace of God, we will overcome. Remember when Pastor officiated our wedding? A pastor made us say this that we trust in God, and together, by faith in God, we'll overcome every, every barrier. Every hurdle, remember that. Remind them of that. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. But don't just turn away because you're suffering, you, you don't have the answers, and your loved one is like, doesn't know what you're thinking. No, it's, it's not right. That's not how you handle it as a man of God, God or woman of God. And you are all men and women of God. Did I help you today? Amen? All right. Praise God. Let's go to... Matthew chapter 12. This thing that God's uh, given me today to tell you. In Matthew 12. Hallelujah. It's going to help us understand better what I've been trying to communicate to you. Praise God. Matthew 12. And verse 43. Let's look, over, look for verse 43. 
And we're going from 43 to 45. Yes. Matthew 12, 43. Start over. So, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest, and finds none. This is the King James Version. Then he says, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he finds it empty, swept and garnished. Let me do this. Well, let me complete it and I'm going to read from another version. See what all that garnish is about. 45. Matthew 12, 45. Then he goes and takes with him, with himself, seven other spirits more wicked. So it was a wicked spirit, but it takes seven more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first or the previous. Even so shall it be unto this Wicked generation. Peter was talking to at that time, and obviously uh, in reference to the way they were behaving, their behavior. Right. Okay. Um, in the context, if you were to read, in their behavior, they were they were wicked. It, it, it says it right there. You know, wicked generation. They were wicked, but their wickedness was expressed through this. They were murderers. They wanted to kill Jesus. These are Pharisees, the Pharisees. Remember, eventually they killed, crucified Jesus, right? Okay, now you're a little too quiet. Eventually, they got Jesus crucified, yes? Okay. So this wicked generation, they were murderers. They had murder in their heart. They were hateful. They hated Jesus. So to them, it's not to you, because he says, this wicked generation. So it's talking about a wicked people. Yes? Okay, you're born again, so it's not you. Okay. Just go back, verse 43. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest, and finds none. Then he says, I will return into my house from where I came out. When he's come, he finds it empty, swept and garnished. It's been dressed up, beautified, decorated. Then goes he, takes with him seven others more wicked than himself. They enter in and dwell there. The last state of that man is worse 
want you to notice that, that, that part. The last state is worse than the first. The latter state now in this case is worse than the former. We have this message today, start over, because for us, for our, our church, our ministry, we were in a place where the Lord was ministering to us, building, building us up. Two weeks ago, we looked at, and even if you missed it, it's okay, you still follow. Two weeks ago, we looked at a cripple, a dead Pool of Bethesda. Jesus healed him. The title of the message was Rise Up and Walk. Remember that? Okay. So he got up and he walked. Jesus left. Jesus did not disclose his identity to the man. He just left. Then later on, Jesus, that same day, Jesus found him in the temple is good. The man was actually beginning to follow something spiritual, you know, go follow God. What they had at the time. So Jesus fights him in the temple and the man says, yeah, sir, these Pharisees, these people, you know, they're, they're very upset with me that I'm carrying my bed on the Sabbath day. And according to the law, you know, they, these people are just going to stone you to death. They're going to kill you. So Jesus now says to him, when Jesus healed him, Jesus didn't say this to him. Because later when Jesus met him in the temple, and the man says, you know, these people are angry at me, carrying my bed, you know, they're talking to me about the law, and according to the law, they're going to stone me to death. Jesus says, now Jesus says, go and sin no more. Otherwise, what? A worse thing will come upon you. Yes? This worst thing is what I'm explaining from Matthew 12. You see what the Holy Spirit is now speaking to us? From two weeks ago. Then, as a follow-up, last week, we went from the cripple being healed to the same thing, go and sin no more, right? Lest the worst thing come upon you. This same statement, Jesus makes this same statement, or similarly, similar statement, to the woman in John 8 caught in the act of adultery, which I preached about last week. Yes? It's the exact same thing. That was John 8 and verse 11. Now, in her case, Jesus did not say, a worse thing will come upon you. Jesus just said, go and sin no more. Because in her case, she had already been delivered from the worst thing. Yes, yes. What was the worst thing? She was going to be killed, stoned to death. In the case of the cripple who was healed, in John 5, his crippled legs were healed. What the devil was going to try to do through the Pharisees was kill him, which was worse than being crippled. He's in this. Okay. So, 
Now, the Lord is explaining to us what the worst thing is from the Bible. These worst things that happen, that come upon men, they're not accidents. They're not because you did something bad or you're a bad person. They're not because the world is just going crazy or whatever. It's because of spirits. Okay, so let's read it again. Matthew 12. Worst things happen. You need to learn this as believers. The worst thing happens because a demon has moved in. To kill. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he steals from you and you are alive, you can have it restored. Yes? Amen. But if you're killed before your time and you are not resurrected, then that's it. Now, that was worse than stealing from you. I mean, nobody's happy if they, if they lose something. I know that. But you recover. Amen. All this week, I've been praying because the Lord was revealing to me about a lot of warfare against God's people. And it was, it was just centered on Satan stealing from people. So if you're following me on social media, some of the things I put, I think, a couple of days on, on our World Machines page. One was this. The wicked will not share in your inheritance. Wicked spirits will not share in your inheritance. They will not move into your house and steal your joy, steal your health, steal your peace. It will not happen. They will not steal your family harmony in the name of Jesus. Don't let them back in because it is their modus operandi. This is how they operate. When they are driven out, they are not happy. In Matthew 12, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it didn't go out of a man because it was going for a walk. You know, going to you know, Starbucks for cappuccino. No. It was driven out. It was, it was expelled. Somebody cast it out. It was driven out. When you study the context, it was driven out. It was not happy about it. That is why it says the demon, and demons think, and they talk to themselves. It said to itself, I will go and bring seven others stronger than myself to help me stay here. That shows you that it was expelled. Somebody forced it up. Come on, people. Amen. So the cripple was healed. Healed. But Jesus says, I have seen, he's saying in effect, in the spirit realm, I've seen that Satan's intention for you who, who was crippled is actually to kill you. That's the worst thing. So you've got to follow me in my word. You've got to walk in obedience to what I tell you. You have to live in my rest to avoid the worst that is death coming to you. Amen? Yeah, you get that? Okay. The Lord also said this. 
that he is watching over you perfectly. And he watches over you perfectly, so fear not. He said, I will make all things well for you. Just receive you. You leap, you leap, your spirit leaps and you jump. He said, I receive it. Thank you, Lord. The Lord will guard you from all evil and you preserve your soul. Hallelujah. Three days ago, he said to me, you shall not lose anything that I have given you. Nothing shall be stolen from you by the devil. And in particular, there's actually a revelation he showed me. Something I, this, I actually saw this. That somebody that you trust, that the enemy is going to use to steal from you, the Lord has stopped it. Amen. So this is not like just a scammer or something you don't know. Something that you trust in. That the enemy is going to use to steal from you. The Lord has stopped it. Amen. These are all examples or incidences of starting over. Something new God's going to do. Amen. You go back to your mind to the scripture we're reading in Matthew 12. When the unclean spirit is driven out, it goes, it brings seven others stronger than itself. To help it fortify its place. And what did the scriptures say? The latter state is what? Worse than previous, than the former. So that's a, a new thing, isn't it? If it's, if it's worse than before, then there's something new this person has not dealt with before. It's, it's just more. It's intensified. Isn't that right? So Satan wants to bring new trouble. He's, are you seeing his intention? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. But I am come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So having this life and life more abundantly is always what? A new thing. You're starting over every day. Every day. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. Or even think according to the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. God is able to do this for you. Above what you pray for. Above what you dream. Above what you're thinking. He says, even while you are praying, I've answered. Before you pray, I've answered. While they are yet praying, my ears are open unto them. Amen. Each miracle is something new. There's always, God just sent me to tell you, you will help you start over in the power of His Spirit. Amen. He will help you stand over in the power of the Spirit. This past week, intense warfare, Satan just trying to steal from people, and God was working. The harder the devil worked, God worked even more for you. Exceeding Amen. Amen. And then this morning, I laughed to myself because it was like I knew what, what had been happening, what had been praying about, what he was showing me, and I've been praying about. And to me, what he showed me this morning, I was like, that, that was a, like a conclusion. Like, you know, he wrapped it, wrapped, you know, wrapped it all up. And it was this. It's like somebody was giving uh, 
Somebody was giving like a blessing. God gave the person a blessing. And included in the blessing was an opportunity to go to meet a president. To meet a president of a country. And um, they, got, they got to meet the, the president and, and deliver what, whatever God, whatever wisdom God had given them from God to give to the president to help the nation at the time. I've taught you so far from scriptures that things that happen on earth, sometimes there's COVID-19, there's famine, you know, the spirits of death and hell are riding into a town or into part of the world to kill humanity using famine or violence or whatever. And you have the leaders of the nations grappling. How do we deal with terrorism? How do we deal with famine in this part of whatever it is, right? But we have seen as believers that there are spirits that are behind these operations. And God will give you the wisdom and the open doors to talk to some of these leaders. Amen. Are you with me? You, you, okay, you, you get this, right? So I, I don't give any examples and then we get off and it sounds political people. But the Christians have had access to leaders, even in this country. When you think about it, okay, let me give an example where nobody can fight with me about this. Billy Graham had access to presidents before he went home to be the Lord. Hello? Okay. So this is God giving the church an opportunity to bring his wisdom to, lead, to leaders. Amen. You can't always say, like what I said today, oh, uh, Mr. You know, President, Mr. President, it's actually a spirit of hell. And a demon, right? They're like, are you normal? They're going to think you're crazy. Right? So you, we can talk this language here in church, but when God gives you that wisdom, you, you'd have to see, you have to ask him to help you frame it in a way that they can understand and it's acceptable. Praise the Lord. When I come back and teach about wisdom, we'll cover, we'll cover all those things. Because some of you are actually gifted with the skill to relate to people at that level. I mean, at that level, I don't mean that you are beneath anybody, but, you know, that kind of language. Like, you know, if you're talking to people in Congress and you say, you know, the demon left somebody and they'll come back with seven others. I mean, you know, come on. You don't think something's wrong with you. So you have to be able to express it in such a way that, you know, God's wisdom gets communicated and, and, and they can run with it. Amen. So I saw that. And it's going to happen. Seek God for wisdom. Seek God for the right way to communicate it. A part of the blessing package was also, you know, God uses things on earth to help you understand what he's doing spiritually, right? So part of the blessing, this blessing package, one was that access to a president. Okay. Part of it too was like, I'll just use an example. It was like you'd received money. And to, to give you access to something. But when you got there, 
the, the person you were dealing with tried to was just trying to play smart and cheat you. And, and they said, you'd have to pay It was very strange to me. Anyway, it was like, um, you know, you, if you go somewhere to buy this, just this one thing, right? This costs $2. Instead of telling me this costs $2 and I give you $2 and we're done, they said, oh, if you buy four today, You actually get eight. It was for for by four today, and we put you in this plan where you're going to get eight at the same price. So you can come back and buy another four at this price. And when they presented that, you initially you were happy. You're like, oh. I get the price locked in. I can get four more, so eight. The price locked in now, but you know, later I get it locked in. But what it was was you, you went to buy one. You only needed one. But the person tricked you into buying four. You understand? I come to buy one, one of this. You get this, it says, oh, we have this special going on. If you buy four, and this is what I heard. They said, if you buy four, it actually enters you to this deal where you can get eight. So you come back and get another four at the price of $2. So when you buy four, two times four is what? Eight. You didn't go to spend eight. You went there to spend $2. Let's say whatever it was. Let's say it was 200000 Now you're paying 800000 so God, it was just an example. But I remember, I remember hearing this. It says, oh, you can actually get four. And when you, you get four today, it qualifies you to get eight. And you're like, yes, I can come back to get eight at the same price. But you only need one. So they're trying to trick you. And you actually went ahead and you bought it. You entered into that deal. Whoever it was entered into that deal. Now what crown so again it goes back to this week stealing from you. The enemy tried to steal from you. What crowned it for me? That was so exciting. God came back and gave you more money. Just just gave the person more money. So it was God's way of not telling me at the end of the week, I have settled. When I'm with you, it just does not matter what the devil does. I'll, I'll give you, I'll bless you. Satan cannot stop you. Amen. So in that, in that particular example, and this was just this morning, that particular example, you know, it was like they outsmarted you. You actually bought four when you only needed one, and they got your money. God was like, oh, I'll give you more. I'll give you more. I'll give you more. Amen. I'll give you more. Praise God. So I don't know where you are in your life. We're about to pray. I don't know where you are in your life. But God has sent me to tell you, you can start over by the power of the Spirit. Amen. When we get born again, 
We start over by the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. At the end of the month, I'll come back and finish it up. Wrap it up. But yes, you can start over. The funds will come. In the blessing package, there's material, financial blessing. It will come to cover Whatever you lost that you didn't, you don't have enough money now because you got swindled or whatever, God will give to you to take care of it. Amen. That access to people, influence, whose decisions impact like cities and nations, God has given you that access. Amen. Praise the Lord. Receive it for yourself. Even if it's not to meet with the president, it doesn't have to be the president if that's for a particular person. But you can say, for me, wherever I need to go, so that what God has given to me can impact this family and change this family. Lord, I'm available. Start over with me. Because that wisdom will help change a young boy's life in that family that you have access to. Don't just get focused on, oh, pastor said, I'll go to the president. Yeah, maybe you will go, but not everybody. Remember that Sunday I was teaching, and in the middle of it I said, when you get invited to the White House for lunch, even in the White House, pray. I said it on a Sunday. On fr Friday, I went to the White House. When I was saying it, I, had, I, had, I didn't even know where it came from. I'm just preaching about something. And that specific example, on Sunday, then Wednesday, I get a phone call, and that phone call leads to the, what they call the people who protect the president. Uh, Secret service checking, they check you out, whatever they do. Uh, they, they check you out, I forgot. But anyway, so they check you out. Thursday, they send me the, the protocol. You come here, you do, you know, and Friday, it was for a lunch with, at that time, it was President Obama. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how does that happen? Just how does that happen? <laughs> just just like that. And I mean, you know, it's a big deal. You know, you go to the market, it's a big deal. So I'm all excited, you know, like hitting the candy stuff, just excited. And then God says, you know why I sent you here? <laughs> I want you to pray. I want you to erect two altars. Pray right here in this place for the nation. An altar of righteousness for this land. And justice for all in this land. Yeah. I mean, that's just amazing. Amen. Praise the Lord. And this happened one time. But whatever door God is opening. May you enter it. Amen. Amen. May you enter by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray and the Holy Spirit will do some awesome things. Amen. Because we have seen that there are unclean spirits that also want to come back because they were driven out. They want to come back and start a new thing. Worse. But God's going to stop Amen. At the end of the month, I'm going to come back and we're going to 
delve into the scriptures and look at all the little pieces we need to bring into our lives to help us keep those doors closed. You get it? They come and they see the place is clean and it's decorated, and they always like to destroy things that are nice, beautiful, and good. So whatever God used to make it nice, beautiful, and good, those are the things we're going to be studying from the scriptures. You see that? And the unclean spirit comes, he sees the place is swept. How did it get, you know, clean? What what was used to sweep? We're going to look for that in the scriptures. And I saw it said the place was what what, what else did it say? It was swept. It was uh, garnished. Another Bible, another version. Garnish is what it was put in order, made beautiful. So what are those things in the Bible that we need to make? Because the unclean spirits are going to make sure that you don't have those things. Because that's the only way they can enter it. Yes? And then it says the place was empty. And you don't want to be empty. You want to be full of the spirit and overflowing. Which is what Simon the sorcerer saw. It's like, oh, this power is in this man that he can give it out. This kind of man cannot be controlled. To have to be full of this power that he can give up. Yes, may you have that. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 I want to take, take just a few moments to pray together. And then after that, those of us here in the sanctuary will have communion together. Uh, if you're out there and are able to, we should actually announce this. I apologize that we didn't let you know on social media that we'll have communion. But if you're home and you have bread or crackers and you have uh, some grape juice, get them ready. Uh, in a couple of minutes, we'll have communion. Just want us to take two, three minutes to pray. About started over. Amen. Right, so go get your bread and grape juice. Those two represent the emblems for communion, you know, bread and wine for communion today. Praise God. Praise God. For now, let's pray about this started over. And you start by saying, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. If you've never done that, say, Father, I received Jesus who died on the cross for my sins and was raised up for my justification. I mentioned it already. If you've never done that. You say, Lord, I want to start over with you. I want to be a new creation, a new person. I receive Jesus today. It's actually the most important decision you ever make. Start over. If anybody is in Christ, they are a new person. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You are born again today. If you believe in Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior, 
to go ahead and pray. In your own words, you say, Lord, thank you that Jesus took my sins. He bore my sicknesses. He carried away my sins. I believe this with all my heart. And today, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you. I thank you for making me a new person. Just like the preacher talked about today, the Ethiopian eunuch understood that Jesus bore his sicknesses and sins, and he got born again before returning to Africa. Thank you. I receive Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, starting over, after you're born again, you go from glory to glory, grace to grace. Every new day, you have mercies, new mercies every day. Hallelujah. So the Ethiopian eunuch got born again, but something else he experienced was that even in the desert of his life, where nobody was present, when he cried out to God, God will hear, God will answer, and miraculously, God will send a waymaker. God will send his destiny helper so that he can start over. Now, that was actually wonderful. Wonderful. And furthermore, God confirmed that he can always start over by letting his watch, Philip, disappear. Philip was taken away instantly by God from the desert, the Gaza Strip, to 30 miles away in Ashdod in Israel. The ancient name is Azotus. He went from Gaza Strip to Azotus, which is Ashdod, 30 miles away, over 30 miles away, instantly. Now that man, Ethiopian eunuch, saw this happen. God showed him. Started over with him. That you are, if you are in trouble, I can snatch you away. I can catch you away. I can take you away from it. Of course, ultimately, we all know as born again believers that one day we'll be caught away from this earth to our mansions in heaven. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, everything in the scriptures is written for you to have hope. That it is well, God will make all things well. So now let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everyone here in the sanctuary. I thank you for people in their homes, people around the world who have joined with us today. Who need to start over? Who need to start over by the power of your spirit? I pray for them in the name of the Lord Jesus. I touch and agree with people concerning whatever is on their heart, whatever is on their mind. In the name of the Lord Jesus, open doors for them. Help them to start over by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name that unclean spirits will be driven out. I pray in Jesus' name that the voice of adversity will be silenced. In Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name that any spirit that tries to come in to bring a worse thing, will be stuck by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you that is revealed in the Bible that Jesus Christ, our Lord,
cast out spirits, cast out demons by the finger of God. He cast out demons by the spirit of God. He said, if I cast out spirits by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. I pray today in Jesus' name, whatever kingdoms have been ruling in anybody's life, in their home, in their family, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that those kingdoms will bow. The gods, the idols, the demons behind them will be muzzled, silenced. I pray that they will bow in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of the Lord move into that home, move into that heart, move into that situation, whether it's marital, financial, health-wise, whatever it may be, may the Spirit of God come in to dislodge, cast out, drive out, remove that evil spirit. In Jesus' name, we stop the operation of the spirit of death and the spirit of hell. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. I was just about to tell you at the point where now we're going to pray together to God. So now at this point, you're not listening to me, but we are praying to God. So you can pray in English. You can pray in French. You can pray in Spanish. You can pray in your own language. You can also pray in tongues. Because we're all praying to God. So you got that in your spirit right there. I can tell you we're there. I was just about to tell you we are there. Now begin to pray, everybody. All over the world. Join in with us. All over. Now start praying. You now listen to me. You're praying to God. So let's pray to God. God understands everybody's language, including praying in tongues, praying other languages. So let's all pray. In Jesus' name, we're praying the worst thing will not come. That spirits of darkness are stopped and the Holy Spirit has taken over. The Holy Spirit has taken over. Hallelujah. Makataya, Rainbow Dosaya, Libi Handoli Bataya, Ileri Andani Bikato Zabahantare Begeya. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are starting over by the power of the Spirit in the area of your finances. God will give you more so that what was stolen from you was swindled. God now is giving you more financial breakthroughs in Jesus' name. Open doors to people of influence, divine connections. I pray for your destiny helpers to be connected to you. I pray for your way makers to be connected to you in Jesus' name. Yes, it's okay. Go ahead and pray, please. Pray in your own language. Pray in tongues. Pray for new beginnings. That new thing. Birthing. Let it spring forth. Let it spring forth. I say the worst thing will not happen. It will not come. The Spirit of the Lord has stopped it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for the water of the Spirit to be sprinkled on everybody. According to Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1. Every blade of grass will receive the watering of the Spirit of the Lord. So that you bear fruit. 
I pray for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you. Give you a new start, a new beginning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now this final prayer. If you just listen to for a moment, we'll all pray together again. But this final prayer is actually praying, supporting one another. James 5 talks about praying one for another that you may be healed. Pray one for another. So this time, like James 5 tells us we're praying one for another. Ephesians 6 also says pray for the saints everywhere. So we are praying together, but we are praying supporting one another. One will chase a thousand, but two will chase how many? Ten thousand. All right, so now it's united prayer. Amen. We're praying together. United prayer. As I pray for you, pray for me, we pray one for another. Explosive power. There's explosive power. Demolishing strongholds. Leveling. Altish. And opening great doors in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So those of you who are with us in your homes, you can hold hands with somebody in your home. Because you're in the same bubble, it's safe, it's okay. You can just, husbands or wives, you can touch hands and agree in prayer. Whether you're in church together or you're at home together. Or, or parents, parents like Hagar and the baby. All right, take your baby. Hagar had to take the baby. Don't turn away from the baby. Take your baby. So if you are here in the sanctuary or at home, I want the parent, you can lay hands on the, if it's one child or one child, or, or if you're like, you have, you have many, bring them around you. Just, just embrace them. All right? Embrace them. Praise God. This part of the prayer, it's together. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. United prayer, my God will remove barriers in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice one more time and we pray for you. If you are alone by yourself at home, the prayers of the saints here are making a difference in your life. We're praying for you. So let's lift up our voices together. Pray to God. You pray to God in Jesus' name. So if you don't understand the tongues I'm speaking, it's because we all pray to God. So pray to God, please. In the name of Jesus. Everybody pray to God. So that the challenges people have in their homes, those challenges will bow. There'll be a new beginning. That child will not die. That child will finish college. That child will do well. That child will walk with God. That child will walk in the spirit. That child will not walk in the flesh. That child will walk in obedience. The Bible says concerning Jesus, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. He learned it for us. So we may walk in it. Makataya. Neri amori bazuri bakaya. Zameri andori baturi bazukataya. Lei bazuri bakuri baberi andori. Rabei zaturi bakani baturi. Lazantuli bikantuli bikaya. Zeta libizaita beri andoya. Ikabazutandul babaya. Zeta boli andori bakaya. Ileri mazuri bakani babaya. 
Just like Hagar's child, Ishmael lived. Your child will live. I pray for that child. I pray for your children. I pray for your grandchildren. I pray for your families. Where there was no way, the Lord make a way for you. A new beginning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord says to tell you, those of you who have children who are not here right now, you are in the sanctuary, your children are not here right now. Just have them on your, your mind, the name on your mind. The Lord just says that. Father, I touch and agree with God's people. Or even if they are home, but their children are away in college or somewhere in the world. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you are added. You showed me you are added to them. You are added to their lives. You are added to their lives. You are added to their lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus, just like you showed me this morning, even that person who lost, who was swindled, you still added. You defied what the devil did. Now you're showing this to me. So I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, add to the lives of the children of God's people, people who are here, people around the world, those children are away from them. Add to their lives right now. Add to them, children, grandchildren, to the third and fourth generation. Add to their lives. Add to their lives. Increase them. In the name of the Lord Jesus, it is written one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. Father, give increase. Give increase. Give fruitfulness. Give the abundance to them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Makotori and Likapori and Tori Basutaya. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you, the children of your people who are here, who are starting new jobs. New jobs. New businesses. Starting over. I thank you that this time, you're going to do it by the power of your spirit. Now unto God, who's able to do exceeding, abundantly, Above all that you ask for, above all that you think about, above all that your children and all connected to you dream before, dream about. Who does it by the power of his Holy Spirit? May God propel them into greatness, but elevate them to platforms of influence globally in the name of Jesus. Locally, May they make an impact and globally make an impact that it may be said of them as we prayed at the beginning. These are they who have been blessed of the Lord. Shining lights drawing people to Christ. May your children shine as stars forever. May your loved ones shine as stars forever. May you and all yours, you yourself and all yours, stars shine Starts, starts forever. May you start over by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a new beginning where you shine so brightly like the stars of the heaven. 
forever. We pray that people will see this and be drawn to Christ. You are blessed. You are blessed. You and your house to be a blessing to many for God's glory. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' matchless name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Give God praise, somebody. Give God praise. Yes, shout hallelujah. All right, Reverend Stephanie, yes. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah. Give him a shout from the depths of your heart. Hallelujah. Starting over. I have started over. By the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's seal this. Quickly seal this. Please take your bread and the wine. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. Those of you, I, I announced it around, you know, around the world. If you've got to prepare, please take it, get it, get the bread and the wine. And those of us in the sanctuary, hallelujah. So, uh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You're going to have to come and serve yourself. Please, uh, can, can we just put one somewhere here so that we have we have another station? Yeah, a little bit of separation. You can move this. Move this. Put that there. Praise God. Just serve yourself, please. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. All right. So we have one here so that it's it's easy. You have easy access. I want everybody to be free, you know, so you can just come and help yourself. Praise God. Very important. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So just serve yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, all over the world, and those of you at home, get the bread, get the wine. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to pray. Remember, it's a new start. A new start, all right? A new beginning. God will do new things. So I'd like to use this scripture. I will not use that traditional scripture about communion today. But I use another scripture about communion from Hebrews chapter 10 because it speaks about a new start. Very quickly, Hebrews 10, I'll read the scripture and then I'll pray. Hebrews 10, verses 19 and 20. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So the wine represents the blood of Jesus. Verse 20, by a new and living way. I use the scripture today for communion because it does two things. It covers the communion of the body and the blood of Jesus 
and also covers starting over. It covers a new way, a new beginning, a good beginning. Amen? Right. So Hebrews 10, verse 20, again, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Right, the veil is flesh, that's the body of Jesus. So that's the, the bread. It's, yeah, can you help me? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just open one up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You can set it right here. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Father. Please take your bread first. And remember today from Hebrews, the bread represents what this new way you are starting over. So we are eating this to say, Lord, thank you that I'm starting over. From today, I see my body getting stronger. From today, I see every cell alive and strong. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. From today, I see the body of my family not broken. I see harmony instead of confusion. Jesus' body was broken so that the body of your family will not be broken. The body of your family will be made whole. If you have a business, a company, a corporation is a body. It's also a body. Your business will not be broken. Your business will be made whole. And God showed me that revelation. Even somebody who got swindled, God gave you more money to take care of it. Hallelujah. To take care of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Man. God will bless you so much that doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter what the devil does. When I was 26, new in America, I met this millionaire. I'm talking to him, and he was just, just a conversation. He just said that he got this bill from the IRS. And when he mentioned the amount, I was, I was like, I'm 20, I'm like, what? And this is what he said. He said to me, he said, I don't owe them. I don't think I owe them. But even if I do, it doesn't matter. He has so much money, it didn't even matter. Now, if you're 26 and somebody tells you a certain amount of money and they say it doesn't matter, you're like, wow. God showed that to me today. Even that person who lost was swindled. God blessed him so much that it didn't even matter what they had lost. I'm telling you, God will do a new thing for you. So that you will not remember the woes, the troubles of the past. They will not come into remembrance. Hallelujah. Lord, we eat the bread to a new beginning of strength. Wholeness for our, our bodies. Wholeness for marriages, for families. Wholeness for companies, corporations, businesses. Everybody you have established for us. We eat this bread. Strength. A new beginning of strength, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Please eat. Settle in, settle in your spirit. Yes, thank you. Jesus said, Those who eat my body, they have life, they have health. Let it be settled. Every bone, every organ in your body, heal, strengthen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That will wake up every morning with new strength. Hallelujah. People will not wake up with aches and pains. But they will wake up with renewed energy, strength, and power. This is by the Spirit in Jesus' name. And this communion bread do this for us today. Amen. Now we drink the wine to new life, to prosperity, to increase. I start over. And this time I will win and make it. Hallelujah. Let's drink the wine. Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. No more bad things. And certainly the worst thing will not come. Now it's good. It's better and the best. I pray for a more excellent way to be your portion. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. I love you, church. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Father, as you revealed to me about the finance, the package that included divine connections and open doors to people of influence and also financial blessings, I pray in this moment, using that revelation you showed me, and also standing on scripture. That as we give to you gifts of love, tithes, offerings, as we sow, we shall reap bountifully, abundantly. We shall reap. Let God's people start over. Blessed to be a blessing. Let them start over in the place where no tax bill from their iris gives them sleepless nights. But they'll say, I don't owe them, but even if I do, this is no problem. This is no problem. Let this be the experience, the portion of the church of God. That wealth that is stored up by the heathen be transferred to the body of Christ for kingdom work. I thank you. This is a new place, a new day, a new beginning. Let people start over. Blessed abundantly to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you.